dear viewers and listeners, welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I remain your host, Jason Johnson Yellen. He remains Joshua Morrissey Hatton. Hello, Joshua Morrissey hey, Jason. Hatton. How you doing, Jason <laughs> no, Patrick Harris Johnston Yellen? No idea if that's the real, if that's the correct way or not. So <laughs> moving on past that. Uh, in Extra Extra... We bring a whiskey news story to the light of day, and we summarize it, we riff on it, we chat about it, we go back and forth, and we have a bit of fun. Today, we're actually going to be doing a little bit of house cleaning, mm -hmm. so we've got a freshish story from the end of August. Uh, we have a couple of listener slash viewer emails, and... We have a little taste of something in our glass, a dram worth sharing, mm -hmm. and we will cover that in due course. But first, Joshua, get into the meat of the matter. You have a news story that caught your attention. What's it about? And I, <laughs> I think we're going to know why it caught your attention, but what's it about? <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's the summertime, and so news stories tend to be a bit scant, but there's a, there's something that you and I have been discussing now for three going on four years, and the, the, the situation is getting worse and worse and worse. And did I mention worse? But <laughs> this article, which, uh, let me see, uh, came out actually the 23rd of August it's um on the spirits business which is a it's a it's a website that we reference quite often they've got some good articles Indeed. we're always looking at that um and we've mentioned this author's name as well Nick or, uh, sorry Nicola Carruthers mm -hmm. and the headline grabbed my attention because it it seemed like the very first bit of good news when it comes to uh, cask investment and you know, these schemes that, that I guarantee they're going to destroy people's lives, if not small businesses, if not both. But yeah, I think, I think the name of this scheme has a corollary in Egypt, but I can't quite think what that shape is right now. But it'll, it'll oh, come to me as we go through this. It's it'll called a Sphinx scheme, I think, right? Is that, is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they, they can they can stick it up their sphinx <laughs> right up their sphinxster. Uh, so this the article title on this one is called the ASA bans misleading cask investment ads. Ah, uh, God, I lo I loved the sound of that. So this article, mm -hmm. Jason, you and I have gone over this, but for the for the listener slash viewer, the article is sort of broken out in into three distinct bits. And so what I'm going to do is just read the first bit and then, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to share the link in Facebook and, and on this post and everything so people can read the full article if they like. Perfect. But I want to read the first bit and then there's some bits and bobs that, that I think we need to go over. So uh, Nicola starts off saying, the UK's advertising watchdog has banned adverts by two whiskey cast investment companies for misleading consumers with unproven claims on financial returns. 
Like I said, that that is music to the eyes and to the ears for me here. Um, I'm rolling my eyes on camera. The, the listeners may be able to hear me rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's, oh gosh. Okay, we're not riffing yet, but the ASA yeah, is doing what ASWA should have done. But anyway, we're not riffing. Not riffing. Not riffing, not riffing but you are correct, sir. Anyway. Whiskey Investment <laughs> Partners and London Cask Company, those are two companies, were both investigated by the Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA, after it received complaints over whether the investment return claims they made were misleading and could be substantiated and whether they made clear the risks involved with investing. Continues, the ASA decided to uphold complaints made against Whiskey Investment Partners' online display ad, website, and two paid-for Facebook posts from 2022. Uh, It Hmm. also upheld complaints against two national newspaper ads, a website, and a paid-for Google ad for London Cask Company, also in 2022. The ASA challenged whether Whiskey Investment Partners' ads clarified the fees that it, that it had applied or that there were conditions to the service. The online display ad seen on 24th of May, 2022, included text that stated cask investment get returns up to 12% per annum. And the ad linked to a page on the Whiskey Investment Partners website. It linked to a page with the heading, quote, what is the best performing asset class of 2020 whiskey, 2020, question mark, whiskey, period, end quote. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. And repeat the year again for us there. The best Uh, returning asset of which year? 2020. 2020. Okay. So in 2020, whiskey was the number one returning asset, according to Uh, this delivery method. According to Whiskey Investment Partners. Okay. Smaller text underneath stated, quote, we help investors get involved in a billion pound market that has shown average returns of eight to 12%. And there's a little asterisk next to that. Let's see if this article calls that out. Uh, so 8 to 12% over the last couple of decades. And then there's a button to download a free guide af- after that quote. Okay. The article continues. <laughs> it says another thing. Facebook- you're trying to make sense of the claims. So. <laughs> <laughs> we all are, Jason. We all are. Uh, another Facebook uh, post featured text that says, quote, Earn between 8 and 12% returns per annum after making a purchase with us, end quote. The ASA concluded consumers would understand the investment return claims to mean that they could expect to achieve a yearly return of up to 12% in the online ad and a return between 8 and 12% in the Facebook post. Whiskey Investment Partners also cited a case study on the page featuring a client, Roger uh, Parfit, which is a name that we've brought up before uh, in, mm. in a previous article. And, and it claims uh, Roger Parfit, who allegedly retired early after his Scotch whiskey investment earned him £225, or, or the equivalent of $284,000, basically. 
Parfit had sold two casks of whiskey for 225,000 pounds, which he originally bought for 4,700 pounds in 1994, <laughs> <laughs> equating to annual returns of 16.5% and 11% for each cask, the ASA said. Sounds like you, you really want to say something. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you just just hold just hold that hold that I, I've I've just got just a a hair more and then and then we'll get to go you, okay go on while Parfit sold the casks to whiskey investment partners in 2021 he had originally purchased them from somewhere else however the ASA noted that. Uh, the agreement between Parfit and the company said that in the 12 months after the purchase, Whiskey Investment Partners could promote the story and Parfit had to reinvest some of the money to buy two new casks from the firm at a discounted rate. As such, the ASA said the price the company paid for the two casks may not have reflected what they were actually worth at the time, as the firm anticipated using the case study in its promotional activities. Final, final, final few sentences, and then I'm going to hand it to you. Furthermore, the ASA said that the case study indicated that, quote, whiskey cask investment was therefore lucrative, end quote. And if a consumer purchased a cask and held their investment for a number of years, as Parfit did, then they could expect to make similar returns. Boom. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long, long pause. What do you have behind that pause? Yeah. <laughs> well... Number one, no, number one, I'm really intrigued to hear the ROI being banded about as 8 to 12 percent, mm -hmm. because we've seen ROI banded about up to 30 percent. And so I almost feel like they're calming themselves down a little bit. But then when you hear the the Parfit case study and, and Parfit goes from you know forty seven hundred pounds to two hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds. Yeah. My guess is they're so they are talking about uh, an annual ROI that then turns into something gargantuan by the end of the investment. Correct. The problem remains with with a case study i love that they're using the term case study right i, I, I grew up I, I, yeah. I sharpened my teeth on case studies and so the fact that that's a case study is, is quite remarkable but the fact is you've got to get in your wayback machine and go make your investment in 1994 you can't make your thank investment you. in 2023 thank <laughs> like, you so much it's what what an example to highlight back in 2022 to say, hey, 28 years ago, this guy did a thing and now he's getting the money. Okay. If you're a smart person, you're like, okay, so I got to wait 28 years. Now, right. you could, you could right. say, you could say, well, well, whiskey wasn't that hot back then. Now it's hot. And, and, and likely my return on investment is going to come to me sooner than that. But with that, 
with that thought in mind, there's a there's a quote that I want that I want to highlight here, which is which is perfect, right? For everybody think for everybody that thinks they can truncate the the 28 years down to a much smaller number of years to maximize their profits in in this magical whiskey investment scheme. The value of rare whiskey in the UK fell by 4% in the year to June 2023 as other luxury assets increased, according to Knight Frank's latest report. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Right? Your investment you may go, go down as well as up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but this, this, this way back machine nonsense is we could all go in the way back machine and buy Apple stock. We could buy Google stock. We could buy, you know, insert here. Like yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to look backwards. And if you buy Apple stock today, you're not getting rich tomorrow. Uh, you, you're not getting rich a year from now. You're going to spend your riches buying Apple stock. You're going to spend your riches spending $225,000 on whiskey casks. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then on top of that, you look at so far, so I'm guessing to year June 2023, is, is that going June 2022 to June 2023? Or is that covering the first six months of this year, January 2023 to June 2023? That That's how I read it, that it, that it is from the beginning of 2023 through through till June that they're doing yeah. biannual, um, yeah. you know, studies on this or, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and, and compound this. What's what's what else has been in the news this week is is the economic slowdown in China, right? Like this this grand sweeping Asia plan, where anybody in Asia would buy any cask for any amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like, nope. That's that's if it hasn't already started coming to a halt, is now working on coming to a halt now. Will that hold the next six months of this year? Will it be into next year? Will it hold on for another three, four, five years? Who knows? But that market is changing. And the fact that already we've got this little six-month teaser about whiskey being down 4%. Yeah. yeah like, how, how does that keep going forward? What does that look like? Does it have a temporary rebound? You know, Who knows? That'll be an interesting yeah. stat to follow the rest of this year. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the other two bits that I wanted to add in here is because the ASA upheld these complaints, they actually put some things into play, not just for these two firms, but for other uh, cask investment okay. firms moving forward. And so I wanted to highlight good. these. Yeah, th- this is important, right? So the ASA's cap code requires marketing communications for investments make clear that the value of investments could go up or down, like you just said, Jason, and that yeah. significant limitations and qualifications were stated clearly. Finally, this is great. The companies must also make clear that cask whiskey investments are unregulated and to ensure that the fees and terms and conditions are visible. There you go. There you go. I mean, that to me, that is something that should have been absolutely baseline once this cask investment scheme was reanimated after the, the debacle that it was back in the 80s. This should have already been there just as a base, but better late than never, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know what your 
retirement portfolio looks like. But but over here, because ours is connected to education, uh, we, we have a financial planner who takes care of it. And we meet with our financial planner every six months. And the financial planner says, look, we, we redesigned your retirement this way. We redesigned your retirement that way. We put that into a little bit more risk. We took that one out of risk, right? If my financial advisor says we invested your money in an unregulated industry, I would lose my shit, right? That would drive me absolutely up the wall. Yep. This is such a damning statement here to say this is unregulated. How does that work? Like, again, I have a financial planner. I don't need to be in financial markets day in and day out. It's not where my passion lies. It's yeah. not where my interests lie. How does it get to be unregulated? And, and please, any listener, any viewer who knows more about financial markets, please do let me know. Are there other well-known unregulated markets like are diamonds unregulated is gold unregulated like i simply don't know the answer to that question but i'd like to know where else people are putting their money that's unregulated yeah it's a good question there is something about this and i know we've got some emails that that we want to get to uh, but something about this even though it's there's not a direct correlation or maybe this isn't the perfect metaphor but this has me thinking about you know, you go into your grocery store and you look at prepackaged foods. I make my buying decisions. You know, if I'm going to buy some creamer for coffee or whatever, I look at the expiration date. Imagine <laughs> buying something that didn't have an expiration date. Imagine that just being unregulated. Like there's nothing to tell you whether it's good or bad or whatever. Like it's it's not the perfect metaphor, but I kind of feel there's a there's a connection here. Yeah, an, an analogy, and it's not analogy. a perfect analogy. Thank you. Um, oh gosh, metaphor is a much a much more fancy word. So I wanted to throw it in there, even if it was wrong. Yeah, even if it was wrong. No, an analogy is good. No, analogy is a perfectly good word. Um, listen, we we can get into this thing that is that's attached to best before dates as well, but. I take your, your general comment about if the FDA wasn't looking over the shoulders of food manufacturers, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we would have reason to be a little bit concerned here. Yeah. The fact, and, and again, we're, we're back to our friends at the SWA who said, look, it's not our business. We're, we're not in the cask management business. We're in the, you know, well, I don't want to say what the SWA is in the business of, but you know, clearly protecting the image. But again, I, I can't help but come back to my ongoing comment, which is, isn't this damaging the reputation of Scotch? Like, I don't yep. understand why the SWA isn't looking at this through the same lens as a lot of us. I'm, mm. That's very peculiar. But oh, I'm so pleased the ASA came out and put stipulations in place to say there are things you need to be saying about your industry yeah. industry <laughs> as well. you're applying these yeah. to to adverts this this is good <laughs> this is this is very good oh all right that was that was excellent i feel i feel like a weight has been lifted josh yeah it feels you know i feel yeah 
just want to shake it but out. Here, I but here, here's why I feel like a, like a weight has been lifted because some industry watchdog has come out and said what you and I, and, and we're not alone. There, there's other people, other, oh, yeah. other, you know, other, other walks have been saying very similar things. You know, I'm, I'm not patting us solely on the back. It's just nice to hear an industry watchdog echo comments that have been made about this burgeoning enterprise that has the potential to take people for a lot of money. And as you and I have discussed in previous Extra Extras, that worries us to our very course. There you go. Couldn't have said it All better. Right. So good. Cheers. All right. Couple of, couple of quick emails coming in here. Florian uh, Tosh, T-A-U-S-C-H. Um, I don't want to go too German in, in my pronunciation, but he is he is a German lad. Uh, wrote in in June. Here we are in September. He wrote in oh in June. Gosh. Hi, J.J. And Jay, as you've been discussing sustainability on the podcast recently, thought this blog post from Annabelle Thomas might be interesting, albeit it might be a bit long for the podcast. Uh, podcast is a One Nation Under Whiskey reference. Uh, we do, of course, cover articles in Extra Extra. So we have the URL. Yeah. The very the quick takeaway, and I do recommend our, our listeners who cannot see the URL Go take a look at barleymagazine.com. Have a search for Annabelle Thomas on Eco Whiskey. Uh, call up the article. It is well worth a longer read. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The key point for us on Extra Extra is a five-point plan as presented by Annabelle Thomas, who owns Nicknean, operates Nicknean, uh, really uh, presents that in a very eco-friendly friendly light. They are a B Core company. Uh, her five-point plan is, number one, get on board with carbon accounting. Number two, show, show more bottle when it comes to packaging. Be braver, right? <laughs> farm locally. Uh, number is number three. Farm locally. Make every grain count. Number four, don't waste a drop or any of that draft. Draft, most famously, is when a whole lot of us roll our eyes on whiskey <laughs> tours when they talk about happy cows. Draft has been used by agriculture for decades now. Uh, if not longer, I just don't have the receipts. When they talk about happy cows, it's wonderfully nutritious. There's not any yeah, it's, alcohol it's in it. spent grains, right? That's what draft is. Spent, spent grains. grains. Yep, yep. Yep. So bringing the sugars into solution so you can add fermentables. And then uh, the fifth part is bringing it all back home, which which I think is a tough one. It's, it's a tough one in the presentation here. Uh, to quote the article, we must bring everything closer to home and prioritize the selection of our suppliers, not just on cost, but on broader criteria like transport miles, carbon emissions, fair work policies, transparency. Um, I think the difficulty that we have uh, in the article, Annabelle talks about whiskey is clearly a luxury product. I was going to say a luxury project, but it's a luxury product. But it's also a global product by virtue of being a global product that is produced in Scotland it must accrue a ton of 
transport miles to get into the hands of consumers yeah. around the world. It is a carbon heavy product. Doesn't mean we shouldn't pay attention to it. Doesn't mean we should be realistic. I do like her. I, I, I do like her. Um, advocating for transparency, right? Fair work policies, right? Knowing your partners, knowing what they're doing around the world and not just saying, well, they picked it up for me. I'm now out of that loop. <laughs> you know, we all have responsibility for the products that we send around the world. So um, I, I really did appreciate Florian sending that in. I didn't want to just leave it hanging. Yes, it took three months to get around to mentioning it, but it does a wonderful job of echoing what we've really dedicated season seven of One Nation Under Whiskey to discussing. Well, and here we are. And we've had it going on in Extra Extra as well. You know, I, I would argue, you know, three months ago, Florian invested an email in us. And within, within three months' time, he got his return on investment. Like, you couldn't ask for more. And I would say he easily got 8 to 12% back on that investment. <laughs> I will also say that sending emails to Jason and Joshua is not regulated either. <laughs> it's so. not regulated at all. <laughs> and your email may be read or not. So there you go. <laughs> it goes a couple of different ways. I think as far as the ASA is concerned, we have covered our bases this day. I think so. Yeah, I think we have. All right. So, so with Flo, thanks again, Flo, uh, taken care of. Uh, we're going to jump into an email from Yitz Tendler. And, and Yitz references an extra extra. Um, and then a, a, a product that I did see pass by, uh, but we did not discuss anywhere else. And so Yitz has sent this to extra extra. And so he has simply gone with dear J and J. So okay. there we go. We can, we can discuss that uh, when we share a car with Jess uh, in the upcoming week. Okay. So Yitz, uh, Yitz gets the, this is some wonderful ass kissing. Uh, this is, this is top drawer ass kissing. <laughs> and so uh, feel free to revel in this opening paragraph. Sure. Hold on, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yitz, Yitz writes, Dear J&J, first... As always, thank you so much for all your time and effort each week educating and entertaining the whiskey lovers industry with your pad costs. I, for one, really enjoy them and find them extremely enjoyable, educational, and informative. Oh, love it. Can, can, I get, can I get you some lip balm for your asshole? Because mine is chapped. Listen, no. Beautiful, beautiful paragraph. He, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's just speaking truths, and I thank him for it. <laughs> no, seriously, like it, it, it really, it really touches me when when people say these things, and I'm doing events, or I'm at a show, or I meet someone in an airport, and like. Oh my God! I I just, I noticed your hair, or I heard your laugh, and and they say these things, and it's like think about it. We are people's companion in their car, their companion as they're running around. Like that's kind of cool. Wow. Okay, moving on I, with this email. I would do the same Sick. if I met one of my favorite podcasts. You know, like you just say nice things that, because you're a nice person. Now to the crux. Crux I'm of the happy matter. With nice people. Second. Just be happy. 
I really enjoyed the discussion this past week on Extra Extra regarding saving the whiskey industry from the angel share. <laughs> I think that really overstates the point, but I really like <laughs> saving the whiskey industry. While I have my own thoughts on this topic, there was one thought that kept coming back to me over and over again during the conversation. Not sure if you are aware of this, but there is an Israeli company, Watergen, and it's simply watergen.com, W-A-T-E-R-G-E-N.com, which has developed technology to create drinking water from air by extracting the humidity out of the air. I understand that the Israeli army uses this technology to provide clean drinking water for the soldiers while they're out there in the desert. This technology is also used in places like West Africa, India, Chile, Uzbekistan, etc., where clean (laughs) drinking water is not available. I am clearly no expert, but I would have thought that the key to saving the angel share is not by wrapping the cask in plastic or silicon, as I agree, sometimes you shouldn't mess with the traditional process, Mm. but instead it's to, these are Yitzi's quotes, it's to Mm. steal it back from the angels after it has evaporated. I've been accused in the past of being sing. <laughs> I tried to fix that on the fly and it didn't work. He's about to call himself simple-minded and I tried to change it to single-minded uh, uh. on the fly. So, uh, so Yitz writes, I've been accused in the past of being simple-minded, <laughs> but to me, the technology developed by Watergen seems like the perfect place to start. Okay, and then he gets out of here. And third because everything has to come in threes. You're absolutely spot on about that. Uh, He says, and this is to Jason. We missed you this past week at Kiddish Fest. Was a great event and hope you can make it next year. A true fan, Yitz. And he sent all of that from his iPhone. So kudos, Yitz, for spending... I don't know how much time typing that on the tiny keyboard and all the autocorrects that he must have fixed along the way. So, uh, power to you. So, yeah, that obviously by uh, anchoring it to Kiddish Fest, that email came in the end of June. But once again, the time was right to bring it up. So, so Joshua, did you see this product from Watergen go, go by? Um, did you see any of that news? And what do you think about applying this to the whiskey world? Yeah. So I have heard, I have heard of it and I've heard it specifically for, for Israel and, and, you know, for, for the IDF there, but I hadn't heard that it's been used in other countries. Um, as far as its application for stealing alcohol back from the angels i don't know i don't know like i just kind of want to let the angels have what they have i want to let the i want to let the blood you know the mold that's within the warehouses have their dinner you know i just like I, i can definitely appreciate this and and there is that like israeli sensibility of here's a problem 
we're Israelis. Right? We're, we're going to figure this right? out, right? Oh, there, yeah. There's that, like you know, oh, yeah. um, necessity is the mother of invention. We, we've we've brought this up many times. Sometimes you just need to let certain things go. And, and to me, I think this is one where just like, eh, let it go. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've said it previously on One Nation Under Whiskey, but I, I once led uh, an Israeli tour group uh, around Scotland's distilleries. Yeah. And, and one of the chaps was a, an Israeli engineer. And as he walked around every distillery, like you could just see him just just white knuckling it and just kind of like his, his brow got more and more furrowed. And he kept saying things like, you know, it'll be more efficient if. Yeah. And the response was always like, eh, but we've always done it like this. <laughs> he was like, but you don't have to keep doing it like this if you yeah. could be more efficient. And they were like, but we like the, the outcome. And he was like, you might still like the outcome. <laughs> like he was just like, oh, the, the, the aspect for me, and it, and it, it has kind of a, um, you know, that's a little something in common with what you said a moment ago about molecules. Mm. I think it's one thing to pull two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen or, or two, two hydrogen molecules and one oxygen molecule out of the air and create H2O. Alcohol as a long chain molecule mm-hmm. is is much more than that and so i would i would never say never right we we have we have scientists working on all the things we can imagine right could they ultimately pull alcohol long chain molecules from the air why not why not could that be the solution to the angel sphere Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe it becomes a different product. Right? Maybe. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, it, it's, a, it's a selfish endeavor. And I think all of those thinking caps should go into maybe capturing, being more efficient about capturing carbon from the air. See, right? this is a, it's a common misconception about science is that there are finite scientists Right. We, we have great brains on carbon capture. Right. Like not all scientists work on the same thing day in I, and day I, out. I, no, you're, right? you're, you're not like, wrong. Yeah. Right. If, if scientists worked on that, the rest of science wouldn't fall apart. Right. So I, I'm, I'm right, go find it. I, I'm, I'm currently reading The Parrot and the Igloo, uh, which is, is really, oh, really worthwhile. The new Jimmy Buffett book. Jeez, please raise your glasses to Jimmy Buffett. You talk about (laughs) things coming in threes. My gosh, Paul McDonough, Headley Wright, and and your man, man, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Gosh, it's almost margarita time. Um, So, so yeah, so, you know, that talks about, you know, climate and scientists and who's working on what and who's bringing things to the fore. So, you know, know, the, the great line that was in there was that, you know, whenever problems were presented, the scientists said, there we go, I will go off and investigate. And mm-hmm. so to Yitz Tendler's point here, well, if you can pull H2O from the air, why can't you pull an, uh, a, long, uh, <laughs> a long alcohol molecule from the air as well? So who knows? Let's see where it goes. Talking about long chain molecules. Yeah. What have we got go. in our glasses, Joshua? Uh, so, I have this in my glass because of you. So, so yes. please take the floor. Yeah, so 
what we have in our glass, and this is old packaging, by the way. Um, you know, this is this was the McNair's Lumreek twenty one year old. Um, you know, I was never, if I'm being honest, I was never a huge fan of this packaging. I think it's kind of cool, but it's 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 kind of cute when you compare it to how elegant and remarkable the liquid was. So they've kind of made the packaging just a bit more um, approachable and, and classic, if you will. So I sent you this sample because we were discussing blends and blended malt. And, and really, you know, how, how beautiful that could be. And when you think about Billy Walker, who, you know, who, who now runs the Glen Allocky, designing single malts and blending the Glenallocky single malt. Well, he tapped into his his history of being just a blender, sort of writ large statement, blender uh, of, of, of malt and so blended malt and blended scotch whiskey. So this is one of his blended malts, the McNair's uh, Lumreek 21-year-old. Mm-hmm. He also does a blended scotch, so that would be malt and grain under the white heather uh, label, which which I think the White Heather 15-year-old is like incredible. Anyway, what do we have in the glass? This is all minimum 21 years old. There's four malts in here, three of which I can talk about. Four. The fourth <laughs> and one, one comes from Isla? <laughs> no. Two are from Isla, two are from hey. Space Side, and there's one Space Sider I can't talk about. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Right? Interesting. Interesting. So, and, and as you could tell, you know, it, the the whiskey's got some decent color, so there's going to be a bit of sherry maturation going on here. Uh, it's forty eight percent alcohol, which I'll talk to in just a minute. Oh, interesting. Uh, but this is a combination of, of course, the Glenallachy. So some of his own, excuse me, liquid is in there, but there's also Kalila and Bamor in here. Right, think of that like coastal element from Kalila, the salty citrusy thing, and then the tropical fruits from the Bomor coming in. That sort of bright, uh, peppery quality of Glenallachy, and then the fourth whiskey, which is another space cider. They don't say who it is. Some people have said, well, maybe it starts with an M, while other people said, no, maybe it starts with this other letter. And, and I just, I simply yeah. can't say. So, do you know? Uh, so on the nose, um, <laughs> what do you think of this one? What, what what are you getting? So the nose, I didn't get a lot of the smoke on the nose. Actually, I got more of the fruits and more yeah, of the grain yeah. coming through on the nose. And then on the palate, it was like pow! There's your mm-hmm. smoke. I was very surprised when you said 48%. Uh, it's got great texture. There's no doubt about that. But I really thought you were going to say 43% uh, on the strength of this. It, it doesn't drink at 48. It doesn't have, you, you know, I know this is a, um, a Serge word and a Joshua word, but it, it doesn't have that alcohol effervescence, right, across the palate. Mm. And, and it could be the smoke has got my attention on the palate. It has got good oil on the palate. Oh, see, my experience is slightly different than yours. Now, granted, we've experienced that, like, that 
bright effervescent quality before that nervousness in the, in a whiskey before sometimes to a, to quite a large degree, I would argue this is, this is like not flat soda, but not nearly flat. There's, there's a touch of, of tingliness going on in the palate Mm -hmm. for me. I, I think your use of close to flat soda, which is probably not something you want to put in the marketing materials, but absolutely, <laughs> I get what you're saying yeah, by that. Yeah. Um, because it, I would almost go to a softness rather than an effervescence. There may also be another S word that Stephanie McLeod has used in putting together casks and what she's looking for across the palate. Yeah. And I, I think that is present here as well. And it's it's not smooth used in that pejorative way that makes you pull your hair out. It's a from beginning to end, this just coats the palate. That smoke is there as the smoke dissipates, some of the fruit comes back mm. to the fore again. I, I would say it's something I've said a lot about my old Glasgow blend here. That's wildly drinkable. You, you don't yeah. realize you're drinking alcohol there. That that goes down awfully easy, especially when you take in the 21 years of maturation. That's 21-year-old right. so, Khalil and 21-year-old Bowmore. At a minimum, I know it could be older than that. Your age may be older. It will not oh, be younger oh, than 21. How is he? Um, yeah, so... So I like what you said there, right? That this sort of softness, that that you know, incredibly drinkable quality, and I think this this is why it's bottled at forty eight percent. If you look at the Glenallachy line, quite often the special editions and or the older age stated whiskeys will have 48% alcohol. And, and for Billy, it's always 48% for taste. He says the more alcohol you have, the more flavor you have. And, and he's not wrong. And I think if he bottled this at 46 or at 43, he'd never do 43 unless it were, you know, cast strength because he believes in 46% and above. You know, part of this was to maintain as much of that liveliness, that that delicate liveliness mm. that that we're getting, right back to the gentle effervescence. Ooh, that was my watch. <laughs> back to the delicate effervescence uh, that 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 we were getting. So, so I like what he did here with forty eight percent. It's it's for flavor. It's to enhance the overall experience. You know, he could have done something. He could have bottled this at 46%, 43%, 40% if he wanted to, just to increase the number of bottles to be selling. But Billy's a person who gives a shit about flavor. And so at 48%, he's presenting something that's that's really quite approachable, really quite drinkable, and, and I would say worthy of celebration. Like this is just – this is one I pour for people when they – when they need that little lift. I think this is pretty special. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sending it to me and sharing it with you. Um, I have an electrical storm passing overhead. So right. <laughs> I'm going to gonna wrap up the recording <laughs> and get on out of here. Um, I think we covered a lot of ground today. I love the ASA going after you know whiskey investment advertisements 
I appreciate Flo sending in the the Barley article about Annabelle Thomas. I appreciate Yitz giving us something to think about with pulling uh, large chain molecules from the air and stealing them back from the angels. And I thoroughly enjoyed sharing the McNair's 21-year-old with you. Eminently drinkable, well worth celebrating with, as you rightly say. Yeah. And uh, if anybody would like to be in the same boat as Flo and... Uh, Yitz. I'm also thinking of of Nick Frangipane, who did mm-hmm. write in, inspired by an extra extra, and we covered it in One Nation Under Whiskey. Um, if you if you want to drop us a note, info at singlecastnation.com or questions at one nation under whiskey.com. No Ian Whiskey. Joshua, any parting words? Any parting yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I got a question. If if I were to give you this whole bottle to drink, what what would you do? Oh my gosh. I I would say I would say to myself, Jason, please drink the whole bottle responsibly. That's exactly what I would say to myself. And then yeah. while working my way through it, I would find a way to smash that subscribe button responsibly as well. Would you, would you TTB. little TTB? You want to tickle that bell just to, uh, yeah, so subscri- smash the subscribe <laughs> button. <laughs> and then there's the little <laughs> bell <laughs> so you can be reminded of new episodes. Apparently, you got to tickle that. I was going to say, TTB, you know me. <laughs> you done with TTB? Yeah, you know me. Uh, well. <laughs> On that note, Jason. Before, yeah, yeah, before the electricity starts connecting uh, between the ground and the clouds with Jason in between it, I'm going to say, Joshua, peace. Peace.